Hi, welcome everybody to the Two Bear Arms podcast. Um, wanted to start off with just a little uh, little information about the podcast. If this is your first time coming to uh, coming to watch us, um, my name is Kurt Ebersol. In the cowboy world, I'm known as CC Top, and this is uh, my business partner and uh, one of my best friends, Deuce Stevens. And uh, we'd like to invite you to follow us on Anchor uh, and also Spotify for our podcasts. And then, of course, follow us on all social media. And you can watch this video uh, on YouTube. Today, we're going to jump into several different topics. And the first topic we'd like to talk about is the Single Action Shooting Society, because we have some events coming up that uh, we want to talk about also. So um, let's cover a little bit for those that aren't cowboy shooters to tell them a little bit about what SAS is. Uh, Deuce, can you give us just a little background on that? Yeah, just kind of a quick synopsis of it. Basically, uh, in the early 1980s, uh, 1980 to be exact, 1981, uh, there was a group of guys that were kind of sick of some of the more modern combat shooting at the time, Ipsic and so on and so forth. They were big fans of Saturday matinees and the cowboy movies, cowboy shows. They wanted to do something involving that. Um, a couple of them had some cowboy-style guns, and they decided to get together and kind of have a competition, and it grew from there. So uh, wasn't pretty, it just like a bunch of buddies decided to literally just, just do it in their backyard or exactly, whatever to start couple, out with? Just a bunch of buddies decided they were going to get something together and kind of be kind of the anti-competitiveness at the time. And, uh, you know, they wanted something different and fun and, uh, and, and a little bit of goofball mixed in there as well. And, uh, you know, so they gathered what they had at the time, which was, you know, 94 Winchesters and 30-30. And, you know, that the, <clears throat> the legend goes that the very first shot, fired at a cowboy action match was out of a 30 caliber carbine blackhawk so okay. you know they used what they had at sure. the time for that that was cowboy like and it grew from there okay so. and that first group they were they were in california right they were in california okay yeah. and uh and then it uh it really kind of started exploding as an organization and started getting a lot more structure what in the mid 90s in the or mid so? in the mid 90s is when that structure that that structure really started forming um, they were obviously already having, um, you know, large events at that time, but it really started taking a shape of its own in the mid-90s, and uh, that's when they started working on some some programs for the game, RO programs, and started trying to standardize stuff for matches. And so. then that's when they got it kind of structured and, mm -hmm. and it started growing. So it, it came from, or from West Coast and, and drifted and, and uh, this crept, way. Crept, crept east, yeah. exactly. Um, I know, you know, I started, I started in the game uh, in... 2000, I think I seen my first match. In 2001, I actually started uh, mm -hmm. being involved and 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 joining the uh, the matches and and joined SAS as an organization. Um, and uh, I know there was a, a mass explosion of people coming into the sport about that time. And yeah. and the next few years, it seemed like it was really really growing fast. Uh, what year did you come into it? Uh, tomorrow is actually my 20th anniversary as a cowboy shooter. Nice. So, yep. Fantastic. It's, uh, yeah. So I've been at it for 20 years. Um, and you know, again, that, that, you know, that big influx, uh, was, you know, kind of in the early two thousands to mid to mid two thousands when we really, um, gained some speed, um, not only within the cowboy community itself, but also within the shooting community as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you started seeing it on TV more. Um, you know, and, and early on, uh, there were some actual, there were some EOTs that were broadcast on ESPN. Okay. In a couple yeah. of spots. Okay. So, yeah, okay. it, uh, it just started being a little bit more wide-reaching. 
And, um, and, you know, and, and, you know, and I know in my area, starting in Michigan, um, we had a lot of offshoots from guys that were coming from the mountain man rendezvousing era of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was a natural fit for them. So, yeah, but, fantastic. Uh, yep. And, and folks that, uh, there again, if you're cowboy shooter, you already know most of this information, but if you're not, um, one of our many, many viewers, uh, listeners, uh, sasnet.com takes you to, uh, the world of cowboy action shooting. If you don't remember that later on, when you get home, just type in, uh, cowboy action shooting into Google and it should be the first thing that pops up for you. Um, there's clubs all around the United States and all around the world for that matter. I know the last time I had counted, I think Indiana has 14 clubs. That's where we're based out of. Um, and, uh, I know Michigan has quite a few clubs. Yep, so right around the same number. Okay. So, so yeah, if you check around whatever state you're in and wherever you're listening from, uh, you can go to the sasnet.com. You can actually look at where the clubs are located, um, and find them in your area. And then there's plenty of people that'll talk about cowboy action shooting. If you want to get involved in it. Um, there's also just a, a huge amount of videos available on YouTube. I know Deuce has got quite a few videos on there, but there's just, if you just type in cowboy action shooting, you're just going to get wealth of information about uh, SAS and cowboy action shooting, how to do it, what to get. And we'll cover that in future podcasts. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll do some segments on equipment and uh, and uh, the intricate yes. details of the game and that type of thing. Sure. So um, now one of the reasons that we started out the podcast discussing, uh, discussing SAS was to give uh, people not familiar with it, a little background, but we wanted to lead into the next segue, and that is uh, we have a very special event that happens uh, or tries to happen once a year, um, and that is the World Championship of Cowboy Action Shooting. It's referred to as End of Trail, or for short, EOT. Uh, some things happen with it over the, it's normally been in New Mexico at the uh, headquarters uh, uh, at Founders Ranch. And uh, because of, obviously, the COVID restrictions and things, um, SAS felt that they might not be able to hold the event there this year. And it was going to be required of them to start putting down deposits and uh, solidifying plans to have it there if they were going to do it. And they just didn't feel that that would be a prudent way to spend money um, if they ended up not being able to hold it and they were non-refundable deposits and it's a very expensive event to put on. So that led to conversations uh, with the board and a decision was made to still hold it, but hold it uh, in another state somewhere that had a much higher uh, percentile of being able to hold an event of that size. So that leads us to our next topic, which is uh, EOT and the location. So what can you tell us about that? Bruce? Well, uh, SAS, the SAS World Championship End of Trail 2021 will be held at Paradise Pass, which is in Etna Green, Indiana, right here where we're at today. Um, it's going to be held June 18th through the 26th. Um, just uh, kind of give you a little a little background on how everything's going to work. Uh, I'll cover some schedule changes or um, you know some schedule updates. Again, we open up on June 18th for registration. Um, the Wild Bunch World Championship will be the 19th and the 20th. That's Saturday and Sunday. Do you tell them a little bit about what Wild Bunch is? There yep. again, for the listeners yep. that don't know. Yep, Wild Bunch is another. Uh, it started off as a side match within the uh, Single Action Shooting Society. Um, anybody that's ever seen the movie The Wild Bunch, they know it's based on a turn of the century um, Mex- uh, Mexican Revolution era of um, the Old West. 
And if you haven't seen it, watch yeah, it. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, it's, a, it's an awesome movie. But uh, basically what's unique about that movie is that there's a transitional period there for, for gun nuts, for people that appreciate firearms in movies. Um, so you've got a mix of Colt single action armies with Colt 1911s and Mausers mixed with 92 Winchesters and stuff like that. So um, it was based off of that. Uh, it kind of started off as cowboy shooting with a 1911. Uh, it has morphed into something, a sport in and of itself. Um, so basically they go through a course of fire similar to cowboy um, and different in some regards, but they'll go through a course of fire. Uh, they shoot uh, a 1911, do multiple mag changes and they shoot either a Model 12 Winchester or a Model 1897 Winchester shotgun, and then uh, a large caliber rifle, which is 40 caliber plus. So, um, you know, and all, all the 1911s for Wild Bunch action shooting are 45 caliber, and they do have a power factor. So that's uh, that World Championship will be held here as well, the 19th and the 20th. And then on the 21st, we will have uh, cowboy uh, warm-up stages right here on the range, uh, we've got 12 bays that we'll be running that on. Um, and then on the 22nd, we will have side matches, which is that Tuesday. Um, this is where it differs a little bit than uh, EOTs in the past. On Tuesday will be side match day. Uh, we'll have all the speed events. Um, one thing that I'm really excited about is the long range that we have here. We shoot up to 300 yards. Yep, we correct? have a 300-yard long range. It's a, it's a covered <clears throat> long range. We have a nice bench down there that can, can, uh, can accommodate several people at once on it. Um, and uh, we have steel targets placed throughout. We actually just, uh, uh, one of our local members, uh, one of the founding members of this club, uh, Montana Longhair, he owns a fabrication business, and he made us a uh, full-size bear down there, which is appropriate because we have two bear arms gun shop here on the property, but he made us a full-size bear down there on Long Range. So uh, it's located down there somewhere between the 250 and 300-yard mark, and then we have several other steel targets down there. So they always have a lot of fun on that. Yep. So if, if you're into long range, it's definitely not going to be an afterthought here for a side match. It'll be well organized. Uh, so bring your sharps or whatever you got there to, to break out for long range. Rumor has it there's going to be a Gatling gun here too. Yeah, that, the, the rumor so. that there is possibly going to be a Gatling gun sighting. So You'll be able to fire it. <clears throat> yes. So it, uh, if you've ever been to an EOT in the past, you'll, you're used to hearing the Gatling gun in the background. We hope that's not going to change. So uh, also on side match day, we'll be having a Plainsman event. Um, for those that are familiar with the game, they know what Plainsman is, but uh, it's a little, again, it's, it's a little bit of an offshoot of cowboy action shooting. But uh, the Plainsman event is going to be uh, produced by world champion Frontiersman and world champion Plainsman shooter Chili Pepper Pete. That's so he's going to be producing that match for us. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And then uh, Wednesday through Friday, the 23rd through the 25th, will be our main match stages. Uh, we'll be shooting four stages a day over the course of three different shifts. Everybody will rotate. Everybody will shoot either a will shoot either a early, middle, or late shift during the course of that three days, and um, so that will be business as usual. And then uh, Saturday, the twenty sixth, will be the Top Gun shoot off, followed by the awards. Fantastic! Yeah. And then we'll have what opening ceremonies on that Tuesday? Yes, opening ceremonies will be on Tuesday. Do you want to touch on anything about that? Yeah, we're planning a fantastic opening ceremony. Um, you know, one thing that we're big about here at, at Paradise Pass and Two Bear Arms is uh, lots of fireworks. We love fireworks, and I think everybody does. So, uh, for the opening ceremony that night, uh, of course, we'll have the the uh, opening statements by Misty Moonshine, the CEO of of SAS. And uh, and uh, cover any of the housekeeping issues that we need to discuss. 
welcome everybody to the event, and uh, and then we'll have a, a really incredible fireworks show. Um, so we're pretty excited about that. Yeah. So that opening ceremonies, you, you're not going to want to miss it, guys. So, and uh, one thing I'm just going to you know offshoot and mention here is that um, June in Indiana, that time of year. Uh, is going to be gorgeous. Oh, it'll be fantastic yeah. weather. Um, yeah. You know, if, if uh, New Mexico, if you, you you thought that was hot, this is going to be nice and cool in yeah. comparison. Um, yeah. Should have uh, should have really nice evenings, which will have plenty of campfires. That's the other nice thing about here. In very very slim chance that there would be a restriction on campfires. Um, that's only happened maybe once or twice in the twenty some years that we've lived here. Um, but uh, we'll be able to have some nice campfires going. On, uh, in the campgrounds, also down around the clubhouse and the common areas and things, we'll have uh, we'll have uh, some nice evening festivities. Um, I hear rumor that there may be a cornhole competition one yep. night. Uh, yep. I'm sure there'll be a poker tournament and a sure. few other things going on. So, uh, yep. yeah, there's always going to be something going on here. Uh, also, just to let everybody know, because I have gotten a lot of phone calls, uh, a ton of phone calls and messages through Facebook and, and emails. And anyway, lots of contact, uh, you know, since it was announced to be here on the property. Um we uh, we have plenty of camping here, folks. Um, we've got tons and tons of camping. We stated in the video, you know, roughly 180 spots. That's completely flexible. We also have neighbors' properties uh, secured to rent those properties to be able to use them if we need them. So we have uh, basically adjoining fields uh, that uh, if we decide at the last minute with attendance that we're going to need it, we've got those available. We also uh, we'll know in a week or two about another campground area just down the road. We also added another campground to our website, and SAS is adding it today. So those still looking for uh, the potential of, of uh, camping off-site with utility hookups, there are several good choices on our, our website, which is paradisepassregulators.com. Uh, you can find that also through uh, the SAS website under EOT, and uh, it'll lead you to those links to be able to, to make contact with them directly. We will, uh, we will also have food vendors here, and that's something that's uh, been asked a lot about. Our food vendors, we have several really fantastic trucks scheduled to be in here, trucks, trailers uh, scheduled to be in here, and we've, we've worked really hard to make sure we're picking out uh, we had a huge response from a request for food trucks. Northern Indiana has a lot of food trucks. So we, we spent the past several days filtering through and scheduling food trucks. Uh, so we have a variety of food. Uh, Midwest is known for its barbecue. So we've got uh, a couple of barbecue vendors. We've got uh, vendors that do some gourmet hamburgers. We have uh, some that do uh, some Mexican cuisine, some, uh, and then some offshoots, kind of unusual cuisines that'll be kind of great and then uh, we have a coffee vendor, coffee vendor uh, she yeah. does smoothies and a bunch of other stuff so if it is warm we've got uh, options for that nice cool drinks uh, we don't have an ice cream vendor yet we're still looking into that yeah. but uh, yeah. i also uh, um, don't know if that's such a good idea i'll spend way too much time at that trailer, right yeah so. no that, that we'll, we'll work on that though we'll try to find one of those just so everybody understands too uh this is the first time in uh, 40 years this is the 40th anniversary of eot uh this is the first time it's been held east of the mississippi uh we're very very humbled and uh, feel it's a great honor to be able to hold it here or host it and uh, this is a SAS event. This is not a Paradise Pass event. We're the geographical location, and we're helping the logistics and 
all the initial setup, but this is this is completely the brainchild of SAS headquarters uh, and Misty Moonshine and her her crew there, and they're working tirelessly on this. We were actually still texting last night until you know uh, nine o'clock last night over details. Uh, so they're working extremely hard to make this as fantastic as all the prior events. Next year it moves, and Deuce, do you want to talk about that yep. and the uh, nationals maybe a little bit? Just a quick yes. touch on uh, that. End of Trail 2022 will be in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, it will be what it was formerly known as Winter Winter Range, which mm-hmm. was the SAS National Championship. Um, so 2022 End of Trail will go into the hands of the very capable. Uh, Arizona Rough Riders and the Winter Range crew. Um, anybody that's been to Winter Range, uh, you know what kind of a what kind of a, a match they run there. Blackjack Zach um, is going to be at the helm, like he always is, um, and they are going to do an excellent job because they are no stranger to hosting a large world class event. So that uh, that will be exciting. And then the, the national championship Winter Range will uh, go to Oklahoma, yeah. Oklahoma City. Um, and uh, Flat Top Oki in Missouri May mm-hmm. will uh, do a great job there as well, uh, turning what was Land Run into uh, the national championship. So a lot of exciting things going on, guys. A lot of changes. You know, uh, the one thing that never that never changes is that things always change. So yep. that's that's just the way that's the way she goes. And uh, I think it's I think it's a great thing for growth. Um, you know, I'll just touch on some personal stuff here and, it, and it's in it, none of it's negative. It's all very positive, but you know, I, I did love Founders Ranch. I loved being there. It was a magical place. Uh, Misty and SAS as a whole did a fantastic job of building that facility into what it was. So I really appreciate the time that we had there. Um, and I appreciate Misty for turning that into what she did because it was definitely a magical place. Um, you know, and it, uh, you know, as, as a flatlander, the environment um, was always a little bit too harsher for me to get used to. <laughs> every year I went out, every year it got easier um, and more enjoyable for me. So I just want to thank SAS for what they did do at the Founders Ranch because I think that we did some great stuff and we made some great memories. Um, <clears throat> just to kind of segue into that, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to have some some pieces of the ranch here with us yep. at Paradise Pass. Um, you know, we're going to be bringing some targets in, uh, some props. Um, you know, this is going to be end of trail in all of it, in, in all of its grandness as well. So, Absolutely. uh, this is not at all going to be a diet version of anything. Mm-hmm. So, um, our intention is to put on the world-class event that, that it is and has been in the past. Um, you know, just, I'll just note one example, uh, the very popular Longhorn bar mm-hmm. will be traveling here from New Mexico uh, and it will and it will be manned by Mernickel Leather, Howland Wolf and Family again. They've done a great job as our bartenders over Super the years. There, very yep. excited to have them here. Um, one of our main match sponsors, and also one of our uh, one of our youth shooter sponsors as well. Yeah, so absolutely. it'll be great to see those folks here. And um, get anything um, to add to that? Yeah, I know there's a lot of sponsors and uh, a lot of vendors signing up, which is fantastic. If you're a vendor and you happen to be listening, get a hold of SAS headquarters. <laughs> I uh, talked to you, uh, Misty and the girls there about uh, coming out here. Um, I was really excited the other night. I was Facebooking back and forth with D-Bar J, uh, hat company. Extremely excited they're coming. Great people and, and love their hats. Uh, so I guess they've already already left Las Vegas. They're going to travel around and hit a bunch of uh, yeah. a bunch of shoots on the way.
way here. So talk about excited. They're leaving. Uh, they're leaving 120 days sooner than the event uh, sure. to get yeah. here. So yeah, that's they're, pretty fantastic. They're excited. Yeah. Uh, that leads uh, into one other thing here related to EOT. Um, for those that are coming in, uh, our Indiana State Championship, which we've held here uh, since 2008. Uh, we will be holding that. It starts four days after EOT finishes. Uh, so we've got a lot on our plate here, but we're super excited about it. And what we're uh, wanting to tell you is to go ahead and stay for both events. We have a lot of people I've talked to uh, that already had seen one of the other videos that we had done where I discussed that. And I've gotten a ton of phone calls, people from California, Colorado, Georgia, Florida, uh, Texas, that are planning on just going ahead and staying over because you, you can just leave your camper and everything set right up. Uh, you know, go see, go see the local sites around here. There's a lot of great stuff to see around here. You know, Notre Dame's close by, uh, Amish uh, Amish country's close by, so Ship Amish Acres, Shipshawana, yeah. um, Studebaker Museum. There's just a ton of different things to run around and see, and then just even locally, a lot of the towns are yeah. really fascinating, and the history in them is fascinating. And you can just stay here on the range and just relax then if you want to. And then we start the Indiana State event, which will go through Fourth of July weekend. Uh, we will shoot side matches on that Friday, main match Saturday and Sunday, and then awards. Uh, so it'll be a fantastic event. Would love it if a lot of you signed up for that. You do that at paradisepassregulators.com. Uh, you can see all the information about it. And uh, there again, you don't have to pull up and head to another shoot. You can just stay here, shoot it, and then uh, then you got and, two great matches in a row. And there will be a full range reset between end of yes. trail and Indiana, so they will not be the same matches. Yeah, you'll yeah. be shooting a totally, totally different match. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Deuce and Lassiter are the match directors for EOT. They're riding all the stages for that and we're not going to discuss a whole lot uh, about that versus Indiana State and then uh, uh, myself and, and some of the PPR crew are going to write the stages for Indiana State so then that way it's two totally different looks even though we have similar styles mm -hmm. in the writing but uh, that way we're giving you two completely different matches all the targets will be reset all the props will be reset um, even some of the tents and things will sure. be moved around and, and uh, some of yeah. the amenities so, we, we might even sleep in between uh, maybe. maybe I'm planning on Sleeping ahead of time yeah, so if you yeah. if you ever asked who's crazy enough to do a world championship and a state championship within four days of each other, we are. We're, we're so, certified crazy. Absolutely is, certified yeah. crazy. Hey, so. it's only three and a half weeks of chaos, yep. and then all the time absolutely. leading up to it. But, absolutely, uh, we'll, we'll do so, fine. We'll yep. do fine. I'm, I'm sure. So, but, um, um, any other comments there? Yeah, on just uh, again, he touched on it a little bit. Uh, Lassiter and myself will be the uh, sharing match director duties as usual for end of trail this year. And uh, Cowboy Cardi will be our assistant match director, as he's been for the last few years. And, uh, you know, people, I'm getting a lot of questions. CC's getting a lot of questions. Style of match, what's going to be happening. Um, the style of the match is going to be, it's going to be a shooter's match. It's going to be a fun match. Uh, you know, what you've come accustomed to um, at end of trail is what you're going to see. Um, you know, nothing crazy. Good, good, straightforward shooter's match. We want people leaving here feeling good, having a good time. Um, so that's going to be our direction. Again, we're bringing some steel out um, from Founders Ranch. So to kind of give you that feel a little bit of, of being out there. And, um, you know, the direction is going to, you know, going to be a fun shooter's match. That's what we're after. Excellent. Yep, we're really looking forward to it, folks, and we're really excited about it. So the other thing, too, uh, one one really nice, unique feature about our range, uh, the, the vast majority of it is in the shade. Uh, it's pretty fantastic. Plus, we have a lot of shooting that takes place 
from inside the buildings. Yep. Um, it's uh, a lot of three-sided stages there, so it uh, and the, the the chance of rain's pretty slim, although it's always there. Uh, but a lot of the range is um, shaded. We build it right along the woods line, and then a lot of the camping is shaded too. Mm-hmm. So it uh, it'll be pretty fantastic. So yeah, and the uh, you guys, you know, again, just to touch on it, the atmosphere is uh, what I'm very excited about for end of trail. Um, you know, uh, I'll, I'll mention this is private property. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, nighttime activity is going to be a lot of fun. Um, the fa- we're really big on the family atmosphere here. And I know that uh, CC and I are very excited to, you know, walk from camp to camp. Um, this place is going to absolutely be a buzz, <laughs> yeah. a buzz with activity. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as we progress, um, I, myself, and CC are going to be doing weekly updates, including pictures and video of the range, because mm-hmm. um, we are obviously making lots of improvements sure. as time goes on. And um, <clears throat> this is absolutely going to be just a fun event, and we're, we're both looking so forward to it. So Absolutely. Absolutely. There again, uh, for more information on this, we're going to move into the next topic. But for more information on this, go to sasnet.com. That's the Cowboy Headquarters. Uh, That's where you'll get all the information, not only about EOT, but you'll get information about Cowboy Action Shooting. That website, you can actually get lost in it. There's so much great content in there about vendors. Uh, There's talk forums in there that you can get into. And even as a guest, you can go in there and see information. Um, And you can start your guest account. You don't have to be a member to be able to to post certain questions and things. And then, uh, of course, at some point, we hope you become a member of SAS. Uh, You get your own alias. um, uh, And and aliases are unique. There's no two aliases the same. You'll get a badge number. um, That'll be permanent yours as long as you keep an active membership so take a look at all that um if you want more information about our range there again follow us on facebook there's several ways to get to us on facebook and instagram uh wtp munitions uh which is deuce and i's ammunition company and we'll discuss ammo here in a minute uh and then also tbagunshop.com that's our, our retail gun store that you can go on and, and find a tremendous amount of information and then of course paradisepassregulators.com that gets you uh, all the direct information about the range itself we'll also have a link there for going to eot but then it also has a lot of local attractions camping it answers a lot of the range questions i'm getting a lot of questions uh, about pets and carts and campers and that type of thing i'm not going to cover all that here just go to that uh, website paradisepassregulators.com and uh, read all the tabs in there you'll be able to find all the information right there there's also a, a drone video on there um, it's a little dated we've got another one where we'll be posting here pretty soon uh, on there but the drone video kind of gives you just an overview of the property gives you a perspective of the 35 acres that we've dedicated to cowboy all right, anything yep. else on the Cowboy just, side? Just in closing, guys, let's cover registration real quick, how oh, you register for yeah, the match. Uh, get a lot of questions on that. Uh, you know, there's several videos uh, released by Misty and by CC um, on this topic. Again, registration will open February 8th, Monday, this coming Monday morning at 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, you'll be able to go to sasnet.com, follow the prompts there for end of trail, and that's how you will register for the match. We highly suggest online registration. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the registration at, you know, the the venue, we are limiting it to 500. We feel that's a comfortable number to operate on. Um, we, uh, we realize that, you know, 
Uh, normally it's an unlimited event, but because the venues changed and what we are structured to be able to hold and because everything, you know, pandemics changed everything. So we're limiting it to 500, though we feel that that is a very acceptable number. Uh, it's a shame that a lot of folks from overseas can't travel because of restrictions and, and we're sorry to hear that, but uh, 500 is a good number. It's going to be a great, uh, great gathering of people and uh, you'll want to do that next week for sure uh, to get in, to get in for the event or to be put on a, on a uh, waiting list, I assume they're probably going to do something along that lines for any above that. I would so. assume. So, yeah. So, again, February 8th, this Monday, 9 a.m. Mountain Standard Time, sasnet.com. Great. All right. We'll move into the next subject. Uh, now we're going to move away from the cowboy action shooting a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about uh, a topic that uh, is big in just the general uh, population of people who like guns, and that's ammunition. <laughs> Um, as everybody knows, with the pandemic, it caused a lot of things in the industry to actually go out of whack. Um, and supplies run out, uh, stores have run out of ammunition. And, uh, you know, we, we don't want everybody to absolutely panic. The industry is doing everything that it can possibly do, uh, including our company, all the way up to, uh, you know, the large worldwide manufacturers. Everybody's feeling this a little bit, trying to get the raw materials, trying to get the supplies. Uh, anybody out there that has a couple million primers they want to sell, give us a call uh, type situation. So uh, we'll handily pay uh, 2019 pricing for it. So it uh, would be great. Yeah. But uh, so, Deuce, tell us a little bit about from the ammo side. Deuce actually runs the ammo division. Him and I are partners on We the People Munitions Company, but Deuce is the actual brains behind the operation. He runs the operation. Um, I'm merely the bug in the ear that comes in and says, hey, we need more ammo. So, um, but uh, tell us a little bit about the situation. Um, you know, basically, uh, I think roughly sometime around March is when uh, the craziness in the industry started. Um and it's just, it snowballed from there. Um, there's, there's a lot of, uh, conspiracy theories. There's a lot of, you can go on, you can go on any of the social media outlets and see any of the conspiracy theories. Um, you know, CC and I are, are, it, we've got our thumb on the pulse of the industry. I'd like to say, because we deal with it every day. Um, you know, the, the shooting industry is, is his and I's life pretty much seven days a week. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I would you know I think I can tell you with with much certainty is there really is no secret black hole where the ammunition is going. Um, we had a perfect storm, guys. Uh, we had a pandemic. Yep. Uh, coupled with a fairly lively election season, to say the least. And see, I think that's where there's a little confusion too related to it is you know like Deuce mentioned earlier back in uh, March of last year. You know, it really ramped out of control. Well, the manufacturers, you know, and, and a lot of people have said, well, why didn't the manufacturers have it all, you know, warehoused and that type of thing? Every company has a threshold with storage. They have a threshold with, uh, you know, finances uh, and uh, purchasing of raw materials and then machine capacity and human capacity to create. Everybody knew the election was coming and they started ramping slowly towards that uh, in every election cycle. 
you know, August or so, things usually get pretty heated and, and some fears get bolstered and and, uh, and people start buying in a little more quantity. And then, of course, you have hunting seasons and recreational shooting, comp- competitive shooting, and those type of things that drive the market. But in March of last year, you know, with the pandemic, with the potential shutdowns, with the riots, with the election, uh, with facilities, not only the ammo manufacturers, but the raw material manufacturers uh, being affected by COVID. Um, sometimes just within their plants, having to distance, having to change the way they're doing things, but then also just infectious situations uh, to where maybe you know they've gotten it into their plant and they had to close down for a few days for cleaning purposes. Maybe their states or local governments or countries, for that matter, because a lot of raw materials come from overseas, uh, shut them down, wouldn't let them manufacture, or would only allow them to manufacture at 25% capacity or 50% manpower capacity within the buildings. And that went on for months, folks. Uh, so during this time, every one of them, you know, full throttle when they can, and then forced to back off, and then the back orders happen and happen and happen. And then you add the folks that have never purchased firearms before, and the number somewhere between 7 and 10 million first-time gun buyers. I've heard it, you know, all the numbers in between there. That many new gun buyers going out and purchasing firearms for the first time, well, they're not just buying a firearm, they want to buy ammunition. Makes sense. So, and a lot of them wanted to buy two or three boxes, of course. And uh, the competitive shooters, a lot of them recognized it right away. They wanted to buy a couple cases to get uh, enough yeah. ammo ahead. And then they wanted to buy a few cases of primers and they wanted to buy, you know, all the powder and, and that type of thing. And everybody just kind of reacted and started purchasing what they could purchase. It just, the supply chain bottlenecked and ran out. Right. So it is seeing marginal comebacks. Um, We're seeing little throttle differences, not only from the retail side of being able to purchase through our distributors, um, but then also from the manufacturing side, just little, little glimmers here and there. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to talk any about that? Yeah, just, you know, uh, just in the last couple of weeks, we have seen uh, some components um, break free a little bit, Uh, nothing in large quantities. Um, yeah, I can tell you as a, as a, as an ammo manufacturer, I buy a little bit differently than even regular dealers. Um, you know, we, I can tell you that, you know, for the last few months, most of the OEM suppliers have not been taking back orders on anything. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that's true with the retail suppliers too. Um, you know, we are connected with a, a, a very good group of distributors and, uh, and even buying groups and such just they're they're not accepting back orders on things because they don't know for sure when it's coming in. And if they accepted back orders, they would be hundreds of thousands of back orders behind and not knowing how long it would take to fulfill. And I can, I can tell you that from the component side of things, um, again, there's, there's so much misinformation out there. You know, there's, you know, there's secret warehouses of primers. There's, I wish. You know, I, I wish exactly, guys. Um, you know, if if you if somebody tells you they've got a warehouse full of primers, no, you don't. No, you don't. Okay, no, you don't. If you do and you haven't sold them by now, <clears throat> yeah, you're, if you if you you're, have you're, not sold that yeah. warehouse of primers by now, you're suck at business. Yeah, okay, you should, so, should have made your money. Yeah, you should have made your money. I got no problem being honest about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, so there's just so much information, guys. Uh, you know, all I can say is hold tight. And you know, one thing I think that we miss. Uh, as a shooting community and the industry is kind of missed is that, 
you know, we didn't uh, we didn't get caught on our heels. We got caught on our back a little bit because yeah. we were, we, you know, none of us were ready for the result of what ha- happened with the pandemic. You yeah. know, no matter what your feelings are on it, um, you know, the the re- the the results and the reality of it were very real. Absolutely, and, uh, and we're and we're still going to be dealing with that on a daily basis for a long time. So. And your local dealers, you know, everybody tried to react as fast as they could. I know we did, and I, I to this day, still remember the first day that it just went absolutely crazy. And when it went crazy, it, uh, you know, it, we were trying to order things at such an epic rate, and things were just disappearing from the warehouses. You know, uh, one number I heard was a warehouse that normally houses $400 million in inventory, got all the way down to $10 million in inventory, and mm-hmm. most of that was soft goods, such as gun cases and cleaning kits and things like that. So yeah. it was pretty epic. The thing I can tell you folks is, you know, we are starting to see things come back. We hope. And please understand where ammo prices are. The raw materials coming in, starting you know with powders, with primers, with brass, with bullets, the supplies to create those items have increased. The transportation costs of shipping them have increased. The, the backlog and the turmoil of getting them through customs if they're coming from overseas or logistically just getting them on trucks and getting them here, yeah. all of that has increased. Um, I was reading some comments the other night on one of the social medias that uh, that somebody was posting. Oh, I'm so tired of these high ammo prices, folks. Number one, most you know, if you if you have a couple hundred rounds at home, you're covered for emergency. Everything that you're wanting to buy from here on out is luxury, um, in my opinion. So I'll probably catch some heat for that. But uh, you know, if you're buying it now, you're buying it because you want to. But also understand that. The, the dealers, uh, and I know I've talked to several dealers. I have, you know, a lot of dealer friends that are friends with our retail store. And, you know, same situation for them. We are paying a tremendously high amount over what we used to for ammunition to bring it in. We actually made more margin when we could sell a box of 9 millimeter for $12. We made more percentage margin than we do selling it at $30 or $35. Uh, so we're feeling the pain of it too, folks. It's not, uh, nobody's getting rich off this. It's all a trickle effect uh, starting way back with the uh, with the raw materials. So it will come around, it will go down. Ammunition is no different than gas prices. It goes up, it comes down, supply, demand, and availability. So uh, hang in there, folks, it's going to come around. Anything else on the ammo side? There? Nope, that's uh, that's very true. Again, just you know, he uh, from the retail side of things and the manufacturer and retail side of things. I'm in the same boat. Um, you know, for example, one example since September, my packaging costs have gone up over fifty five percent. Sure, I'm talking cardboard and plastic, so, and we can't get a lot of our and, normal and, and, ones and, either. And we so, can't get a lot of our normal stuff yeah, either. Yeah. So we've had to adapt and overcome. And yeah. as a manufacturer, guys, I have a choice. I can either not produce ammunition. Um, or I can pay more for the components to produce the ammunition to provide for customers. That's that's the position that we're in. So, um, and while I'm thinking about it, to slide just a little bit, and uh, uh, with the uh, EOT coming up and the Indiana State match, we do have ammo going to be available for shooters. And how do they get to that? That is on the website right now at wtpmunitions.com. Uh, you can go on there, and we actually have uh, pre-orders for both our Ranch Hand 38 Special, our Top Hand 38 Special, or excuse me, our High Noon 38 Special, and uh, our Trail Boss 45 Colt. 
Uh, those are all available for pre-order and then pick up for End of Trail and Indiana State. Uh, we've got a couple different uh, couple different ways you can buy there. So yes, ammo is available for End of Trail to be picked up here on site. So that's so. fantastic, guys. You won't have any shipping costs. You'll be able to pre-purchase it basically on the website. That guarantees it for you. We'll produce it and have it here waiting on you. And this is the same ammunition that uh, that uh, a lot of world champions and, and yep. top competitors and then even me. Uh, so and just, it just, I guess, while I've got the audience, I'll say it. Okay. Guys, I the entire production of WTP um, solely rests on my shoulders. Uh, when you get a when you get a round of our cowboy ammunition, it's been made by myself. Um, you know, we case gauge every round that leaves house. That ammo gets loaded like I'm going to shoot it at end of trail tomorrow. Um, so that's what you're getting uh, when you buy our cowboy competition ammo. Absolutely. So I just I'm very proud of that. Um, you know you, you can't be successful in this game if your equipment's bad. Your ammo is part of that equipment. And uh, so I take a lot of pride in building the best quality ammo for the game. So. Absolutely. And we have employees, but the employees are helping out with our general population ammo is what I'll call yep. it, I guess, our 9 millimeter, mm -hmm. our uh, our standard shelf ammo and that type of thing. But, yeah, Deuce takes the uh, cowboy action ammo extremely to heart. He doesn't want anybody to ever have an issue with our ammo. Yep. He wants people to win with it. And uh, it's 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 fantastic to watch it uh, watch it come off the line and uh, go yeah. into boxes for people at the matches. So, fantastic. All right, anything else on ammo we want to cover? We'll move into the next segment here real quick. I think I think we've covered all the bases. I, again, guys, be patient. Yep. You know, hold steady. Hang um, in there. Hang in there. Things will get better. They always do. Right so. now in our retail store, we're pretty lucky. We've been very fortunate through this whole pandemic. Uh, you know, we're now into February 2021, and we have ammunition on the shelf, folks. Everything, uh, you know, we've got probably 95% of the calibers on the shelf right now uh, from several manufacturers, not just our ammunition company, but several manufacturers. We have the ammo on the shelf. Uh, the only thing that we're at this, at the moment of this recording you know 380 ammo of course everybody wants uh we've got a little bit back for people purchasing 380 firearms but uh not for sale to the general public uh without purchasing a gun but we hope to be able to change that in the next two weeks or so to have a little bit to put on the shelf and other than that we just have just miscellaneous rifle calibers here and there that come in and out of uh availability but we do have the 556 223 300 blackout and all the extremely common uh rifle calibers that uh, people are looking for we've got lots of it so yeah. and defense ammunition as well absolutely 38 357 44 mag 45 acp yeah your defense ammo yeah. and then most of your practice ammo available yeah. so Okay, so quick little commercial here. Um, follow us on Anchor, Spotify. Uh, if you're wanting to just hear a podcast, go to YouTube to watch this video later on or any of our other videos coming up or, or past. And then, of course, follow us on, the, uh, on any of the social media platforms, WTP Munitions, uh, Two Bear Arms, Gun Shop, and then also Paradise Pass Regulator. So our three companies there, uh, we'd like you to follow us there. And then, like I say, subscribe to us on the Spotify. So then that way you see every time that we post one of our new uh, podcasts. And then if you're following us, you'll get all the latest information. And uh, now let's go over into uh, carry guns a little bit because that's been kind of the big trend here. Everybody, uh, since the pandemic started, they all want... They all want, you know, personal protection firearms. So, yeah. Uh, you know, just 
we kind of want to touch on what we see as people walk in the door on a daily basis, what people ask for, um, and also what's been available right. to us. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and Kurt can touch on this a little bit more than, than I can, although I do spend a little bit of time at the counter every week. Um, you know, a lot of people walk in the door and they are looking for that small framed or mid-sized nine millimeter. Um, the, uh, the SIG 365. The, yeah, the uh, Hellcats, the 365s, the Glock 43s, 43 Xs, those have been extremely popular. Uh, you know, and since the pandemic, people have been coming in. Um, and uh, every time we get a shipment of them, they don't seem to last really a long time. But there are a lot of other great manufacturers that are putting out guns, and they seem to be maintaining um, a pretty decent supply. Uh, right now in our retail store, you know, we're, we're, we're pretty happy to be setting at about 700 guns in stock, um, you know, which is, I guess, unheard of according to people coming in to have that many firearms in stock. But we're very, very pleased to have that many in. We've got a lot more coming in over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but a, a couple of brands I want to mention that uh, you might do a little research on because, uh, like Deuce mentioned, the SIGs and uh, and uh, some of the Springfields and that type of thing, they're in and out. They're in and out of availability, but there's still some other fantastic brands that you might be able to find on the shelf. Uh, you know, of course, a lot of different Glocks that are available. Uh, the micro carries or the, the uh, smaller framed single stacks are there again in and out of availability. But take a look at brands such as FN. Uh, they, they put out some great stuff with the 509s have been a fantastic, mm-hmm. fantastic firearm. Uh, the new Edge, we've been getting those in. Those are fantastic. I really, really like those. I may end up having to own one at some point. Um, the HK, the VP9s, that's one of our bread and butter guns. We just got a <clears> shipment <throat> of them yesterday. Uh, they're fantastic shooting gun. I shoot it uh, when we do summertime competition. That's my choice. Um, and I think several of the top shooters down there, they're running VP9s. Yep. Um, and then we, we also have one here to rent if you ever want to come in yep. and rent it on the range. Try it out before you buy it type theory. And then uh, one other brand that uh, we'll mention here, and then we're actually going to lead into a little, bit of a, a little bit of detail information on it, is CZ. Um, CZ has really come on strong with a lot of fantastic firearms. They've been around since the uh, 1930s, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. And uh, they, uh, they, they've they been a very, very strong company for a lot of years, produced a lot of great firearms, not only for civilian application, but for military application, and then also law enforcement uh, worldwide in, in different, uh, different venues. Sure. So they have been very, very good. Uh, Good brand for us, seems to have good supply, but uh, uh, a couple of unique things about CZ is that they also own Dan Wesson. Uh, for the older guys that uh, in the uh, 70s and 80s, uh, everybody remembers Dan Wesson, fantastic uh, revolvers, and then uh, 1911s. Used a lot in competition and for hunting purposes back then, but their 1911s now have become kind of mainstream. Very, very good quality. Uh, I do a lot of 1911 work through our gunsmithing department. I, that's one thing I specialize and truly enjoy, and I love working with Dan Wessons. Uh, and there's usually not a whole lot that can be touched up on them uh, when we pull them out of the box. Right. But uh, the other big news is that uh, CZ is making a bid for Colt Firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of exciting, folks. Uh, you want to elaborate a little on, on that side of it? Yeah, just, uh, you know, uh, 
there's all kinds of different opinions on Colt over the years, and I think I think one thing that can't be disputed is that they've struggled at times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, whether it's with supply or production um, or whatever you want to say, but you know, the one thing that has been maintained is that Colt is still Colt. Colt yes. is still loved uh, by shooters all over the world, and uh, Colt still commands. Um, Number one, they command that market and they command that that price, mm-hmm. and uh, people still get excited about a Colt firearm when they see one in the case. I see it in customers' eyes when they come in, and if there's a, you know, if there's a case full of 1911s of every brand, if there's one Colt, they say, "Oh, there's a Colt." Right. You know, so right, right, right. same thing in the revolver side of things. Um, and you know, I think uh, I think what CZ brings to the table for Colt. Um, you know, CZ has an awesome American presence here. Yes. Uh, you know, their headquarters headquarters are based out of Kansas City. Yep. And uh, their custom shop, I believe, is Missouri, we said. I, I uh, think Yeah, so. forgive us if we're incorrect mm-hmm. on that. But, uh, you know, they've uh, CZ has done an excellent job of communicating with shooters mm-hmm. and reacting. Mm-hmm. Um you know, their, their CZ, 70, you know, CZ-75 line is obviously an iconic pistol, and they've kind of built and branched off from that. Their P-10 series, their, P-10, polymer, their yep. polymer frame series, uh, their P-7s, uh, they're really getting, um, gaining in popularity. And it's also, you know, it's a little bit different firearm than your standard striker-fired polymer frame gun. So, um, yep. you know, so for, for shooters that are all, all actually also looking to kind of do something different, CZ has kind of filled that gap for them a little bit. So I think I think it's going to be very exciting, um, you know. And if uh, you know if CZ is smart, which I'm sure they are, mm-hmm. I think they will maintain the historical significance of Colt. Absolutely, just like they did Dan West. And, yes, you know, exactly. a lot of people when we're talking and and uh, every now and then we'll you know we'll have Dan Wessons in here and people will say, oh, you know, and we'll start talking about it. And then I'll mention that CZ owns them, and people look at me like, what? Right. That's how well they have done keeping it distinctively different, but still being under one parent company, much like, you know, Benelli, Stoger, Yaberti, all of those are under one umbrella of ownership, but they all operate as independent companies. Um, and I, I fully expect CZ to do that with Colt, uh, but then also bring some of their technology advancements right. and bringing some of their styling effort into it, because we did see some styling difference uh, take place when CZ took over uh, uh, Dan Wesson. There were some really, really small details, but to the collectors, it made a difference uh, that they could see when the transition took place, and it was a very elegant transition, I think, uh, and, and stylish difference that was added to them. So. Yeah, you know, I, I carry the CZ uh, PO1, uh, yep. 75 PO1, yep. and um, yeah, I had it. I had it field stripped yesterday, okay. and I was just marveling at, you know, how nicely that gun is put together and made. So fantastic, it, fantastic. Uh, you know, so that that that's encouraging, um, you know, both from a, as a retailer and uh, as and as a shooter. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and you know, for those that love revolvers and the history of Colt revolvers, um, I think this could mean better availability. Absolutely. A little bit more, you know, I mean, because right now, you know, for example, their single action army line, um, to say that it's spotty would be an understatement at this point in time. So, um, you know, how great would it be for somebody that's after a single action army, a real Colt, Mm -hmm. to actually be able to get one in a timely manner? So that would be awesome if those are results 
of, uh, of that merger. So. And I, I fully expect there again, this is speculation on my part, but I fully expect CZ to maintain the AR line, which I know Colt last year before the pandemic had announced that they were going to close civilian uh, production of ARs. And then when the pandemic hit, they revisited that decision and right. decided that they would go back into it. So we'd seen a short, uh, short stall out of inventory on the Colt ARs, but they have finally come back into production to a certain extent. Of course, they don't stay on the shelf very long. Um, but uh, I'm hoping CZ will capture that and do some of the great innovative things that they've done with uh, with their own guns and with the Dan Wesson line to uh, to further that uh, AR line for Colt and then of course the 1911s and, and the revolvers and all that. I think it's just going to be a great combination. So watch for more information on that. I'm sure we'll have that on other episodes that we'll discuss more about it. Anything else you want to cover on the CZ side of things? Nope. Or? I think uh, it's just you know I'm excited about it. So we'll see what happens with it as it unfolds absolutely so, you know, and you know probably you know and guys remember too uh, acquisitions like this during the the time that we're experiencing as an industry probably are not the easiest things to do so you know that's another thing we're all probably going to have to be patient on yeah production wise you know and and that's a good point deuce is that a lot of people are calling looking for you know they're looking for a specific gun a colt they're looking for a specific gun a a remington or or whatever the case may be understand a lot of these companies not only are they under the pressure of the pandemic and supply uh supply chains and back orders and production and and requests uh but some of them have had financial problems that they were dealing with prior to. You know, Remington's a good example. Yeah. Uh, now, I did just read an article last night that uh, March 1, Remington is supposed to, under new ownership, supposed to start back up one of the plants okay. uh, for production. So those that uh, love the uh, Remington 870s and the, their bolt-action rifles and, and that type of thing, hopefully, now there again, because they're starting at March 1, doesn't mean that they're going to have a March 2nd available right. to the dealers. Right. Uh, but uh, um, I'm sure they have a lot of R&D and uh, a lot of things to move forward with uh, before they'll start uh, putting them on trucks and shipping them out. But mm-hmm. it's very encouraging because I was kind of expecting sometime, you know, August, September mm-hmm. before we would start seeing that. Um, yep. And from the parting of the Remington side of things, uh, you know, Ruger purchased Marlin. And I think here coming up, we'll maybe do a whole segment. We'll, we'll or, probably, yeah, guys, we'll be doing a future yeah. segment on that on that Ruger purchasing Marlin subject because that's something that we're both very excited about because we're huge fans of, of both those companies. Absolutely. Um, have Absolutely. a lot of history there. And, guys, you know, one thing uh, I think that's kind of cool and unique about us is that uh, we do have the ability to obtain uh, stuff as it's produced um, very early and very quickly from our manufacturers and from our wholesalers. Um, so as soon as we get new cool stuff, we will be having that on the tabletop here to show you guys. So Absolutely. That I'm excited about. Um, so yeah, we'll be doing probably an entire segment on that. Yeah, we're uh, we're hoping here uh, now that things are starting to normalize for us, or what's normal, I guess. But uh, uh, we're hoping to have a lot of different segments related to uh, and the changes in the market. I know uh, since they didn't have Shot Show this year, uh, which is the unveiling of uh, so many new firearms, new uh, new gadgets, if you will, for the firearms industry and hunting industry. Uh, you know, they didn't have that this year, so uh, different brands are rolling 
rolling out their new products at different times. Some of them rolled them out ahead of when the SHOT Show was supposed to be once it was canceled. Uh, you know, Caltech announced several new firearms, and we'll cover that as we can. Uh, but they did some, some really innovative things that are fantastic and some things that they haven't shipped out yet that we're all excited about uh, yeah. to see. And there again, we'll cover that uh, maybe in the next segment or the next next couple segments. Yeah. And uh, But a lot of the hunting products and things we're hoping to bring to you here as they start becoming available. I know I've, I've got some pre-orders on some stuff that should be shipping in pretty soon, and we'll, we'll cover some of the yeah. product stuff. So. And, and for those uh, that enjoy the vintage side of the industry and the market, uh, we, we do turn over a lot of used firearms here. Yes. We take in a lot of used guns. Uh, we obtain a lot of used guns through, through uh, collection purchases and whatnot. So uh, what we'll be probably doing in the future also is highlighting one of our more classic firearms that we might have in the store giving you a brief history on it and uh you know that's this is a good time to mention um if anybody has any content that you would like to see us cover um you know uh, we definitely don't claim to be the smartest guys in the room but we do have a lot of experience between the two of us um, both within shooting and the industry hunting um, and you know outdoors in general so uh, if you've got a subject that you'd like to see covered go ahead and you know throw us a message or you know comment and uh, you know we'll see what we can do about it because we love uh, this is CC and I this is our livelihood this is what we eat sleep and breathe yep, so absolutely um, you can ask our wives about that they get pretty sick of it probably every day in and right. day out but this this is our life this is what we're all about and uh, we love every second of it so yep. if there's anything you want to see covered let us know All right, folks, this is going to conclude this episode. I will tell you again, uh, follow us on Spotify, Anchor, um, subscribe to us so you can see all of it. Also, YouTube and then our social media outlets. Take a look at it. We the People Munitions Company or WTP Munitions, uh, ParadisePassRegulators.com and then also on social media. And then uh, TBAGunshop.com and Two Bear Arms Gun Shop on social media. And you can see all our great content coming up and all our past content. So thank you. Have a great day. Stay safe and keep your powder dry.